Hey guys, it's Dr. Kelly Casperson coming to you uh, from You Are Not Broken. And today we're gonna finish up on the what is sexual dysfunction conversation. The last podcast was basically page one of my handout that I give people when they come to see me in clinic. And so today's gonna be the backside <laughs> of, that, of that handout. Um, so finishing up what is sexual dysfunction. If you guys have questions after this, please feel free to shoot me a message on whatever platform uh, you're finding me on. On Facebook, it's You Are Not Broken. Um, I'm also on Anchor and Spotify, and I made it on iTunes. I'm still awaiting my very first five-star review, so on Apple. That would be so awesome if it was you. <laughs> so do me a favor and give me a shout out. If you think this is useful, accurate medical advice, and it makes you feel a little more normal, I'd love a, a thank you in the form of a review. And follow me and, and send me to your friends who you think uh, might be might benefit from something like this. So backside of the what is sexual dysfunction handout says that we think treatment is very important and that said insurance and the FDA aren't as modern and on on top of it of female sexual health as we'd like them to be so um, difficult to get insurance to cover things that aren't specifically FDA approved. Um, that is more in kind of the hormone therapies that are used um, because there is no, in America, at least FDA approved uh, testosterone for female uh, sexual dysfunction, specifically hyperactive sexual, dis hypoactive sexual desire disorder. Hyperactive, that's a whole different podcast. So, so um, insurance doesn't, doesn't cover compounded medications. Insurance usually doesn't cover laser therapies. Um, so there are a lot of things that insurance isn't yet on board with as far as that said, in all sexual equality fairness, a lot of insurance doesn't cover Viagra, Cialis, uh, and, and Levitra, and the erectile dysfunction meds for men either. I remember when I was working at the VA, the, the Veterans Administration said you could get, what was it, it was like three Cialis pills a month. Like they just told you how many you could have and, and you couldn't have any more. <laughs> so, um, so in all fairness to all sexual equality, uh, erectile dysfunction isn't covered very well either. So, um, and then the FDA, getting the FDA to approve uh, testosterone, specifically testosterone for women, um, there have been lots of studies but there, the FDA basically requested a multi-year safety study looking at risks for breast cancer and cardiovascular disease, and it was going to be on the tune of $1 billion. And if you could imagine what the cost of that prescription would cost after insurance or a prescription company had to do that sort of study to, to make the FDA approve it. Whereas in men, testosterone, there are 30, about 30 FDA-approved testosterone products for men, and they don't have to show long-term safety profile for men. They just have to show that the product does what it says it's going to do, which is raise testosterone. So the barrier for female, uh, certainly there is some, I, the experts uh, think that there is some uh, sexual bias certainly involved in male versus female uh, hormone and, and sexual health with the FDA. So what was the point of that? The point is treatment might have to come out of your own pocket. That, that was the point of me going into uh, what insurance covers and what the FDA has approved. So number one is hormones. This comes in the form of creams or tablets or vaginal suppositories, uh, estrace, premarin, estradiol. Those are different names for vaginal estrogen. Um, testosterone is systemically is not FDA approved, usually used at one-tenth the male dose. Um, again, creams, gels, pellets, um, compounded products are widely available, although not recommended by the National Menopause Society and Ishwish. Because compounded, here's the thing about compounded, and they get kind of sexy and sold as bioidentical, but a lot of prescription medications are bioidentical too. So don't let anybody 
try to razzle-dazzle you with the fact that it's bioidentical. Um, plenty of approved products. And here's the thing with a compounded product, you don't always get, they're like supplements. You don't always know that what you're getting is what you think you're getting. What's on the box is what's in the container. And that's where the FDA at approved meds is, you know, prescription meds is it is what it says it is. And there's a huge supplement industry in this country, and there's been studies to show that up to one-third of them don't have in them what they say is, uh, is on the box. So that's the the problem with compounded. That said, I have compounded pharmacies that we use a lot um, for various reasons, and I trust my compounding pharmacy a lot. But that's why they, they don't kind of carry that nationwide society recommendation is because of the the unknown promise of what you think you're getting is actually what's in the product. So compounding pharmacies dissociate bioidentical from compounded because there's plenty of prescription hormones that are quote-unquote bioidentical. Bioidentical is kind of just a sexy sexy selling thing, like, like putting natural on a granola bar. Like natural actually means nothing on a food product, but, but people think it makes them feel good. So there's my soapbox on bioidentical hormones. I think, they're, I think it's just kind of sexy advertising a lot of the time. Hormone treatments are usually used uh, uh, for a couple of months and then reevaluated to see if the symptoms are improved and the side effects aren't too great. Uh, I'm pretty picky about my vaginal estrogen for general urinary symptoms of menopause and, and vaginal dryness. I, uh, I have... I have so many women who come in and they've quote unquote failed vaginal estrogen, but really what they've done is either the applicator hurts them or it doesn't address their vulvas because they put the product up inside their vagina. And so it doesn't actually hit the vulva and improve the vulvar skin, which I think is the important skin to target in the majority of women with dryness and pain with sex. And also if they use the applicator, it's a lot of product and it's really oozy and gross. And they have to like wear a pad because of all the extra cream that comes out. And so I really target it using your finger like a toothpaste amount and rubbing it in like sunscreen. You can't just kind of slap it on and run. It's like you got to you gotta have these tissues get get the product absorbed. It's a lot. It's like sunscreen. And that's why I like the cream more than the tabs because I think to target the vulva, you really need to put the product on the vulva and rub it in. And I use, you know, I tell women, I'm like, can you put sunscreen in your ear and expect your, you know, your nose not to get sunburned? It's like put the product where the problem is. So I've seen a lot of success. I'll restart women on estrogen cream if I if they weren't using it uh, to target the actual tissues. Then um, the other the other bonus of doing that is the product is going to last you a lot longer, and you're going to save a ton of money. So that's nice too if you don't use the applicator. Vaginal estrogen is also prescribed for non-sexual issues like dryness, just dryness not related to sex, recurrent urinary tract infections, mild prolapse to help strengthen the, the, the skin or bleeding of the skin or thinning of the tissues. So that's hormones and creams. Number two for help for sexual dysfunction is lubrications. There's water-based, oil-based, and silicone-based lubrications. Anybody postmenopausal, I really or pain with sex, I really recommend silicone because it lasts a lot longer than the water-based lubricate uh, lubrications. Women who are postmenopausal have really dry skin, um, and silicone isn't absorbed. So this is all skincare. Like, what woman doesn't want excellent skincare? So silicone-based, one I really like is Uberlube, Sliquid, S-L-I-Q-U-I-D. Sliquid is also another one. You don't buy ones that have tons of different ingredients in it, smells, uh, artificial colors, art, you know, artificial flavors. Like, your vulva doesn't need any of that extra, extra crap. So 
there is some thought that silicone-based lubricant might hurt a silicone-based toy, but I think with the higher quality uh, sex toys, that's less of an issue than when they were than the really cheap ones. Um, you can always try a little bit of it, but the the theory is that silicone will degrade silicone. So if you're using it on a toy, you might want to use water-based for the toy. Desert Harvest makes a nice aloe vera-based glide for vaginal dryness at any time, not just sexual needs. Um, there's actually somebody in my town who makes a Yoni Bliss, Y-O-N-I Bliss. I think you can find it on, on Amazon. Uh, it's a vaginal lubricant for daily use. To, so for people who have chronic dryness, not just with intercourse. Vaginal pills, kind of going back to the hormones a little bit. So Intrarosa is a DHEA product, which is actually FDA approved. Uh, prescription medication. I have trouble getting insurance to cover it if um, if you haven't documented failed vaginal estrogen. So I've gotten it approved if I really push hard on that or if I've gotten it approved um, for like strong family history of or for uh, breast cancer, which is ridiculous in and of itself because vaginal estrogen does not cause breast cancer. <laughs> so, but things we do to get medications approved for patients, right? So Intrarosa, it's really nice. It's kind of this like... Oh, kind of this coconut oily, it kind of melts to this nice lubrication. And what it does is it converts to testosterone and estrogen in the vagina and it's minimally absorbed. So this is again for local uh, local skincare symptoms. It can work really nice, but cash-based, it's actually pretty expensive. But Interosa is a new product on the market for dyspareunia, specifically postmenopausal pain with sex. Um, and then sex therapist, my handout has our local sex therapist on it. So what you can do to find, if you're like, where do I even start with a therapist? Because therapists are kind of like doctors, right? Like they want to help people, but they don't really want to talk about sex. So a sex therapist is somebody who is a therapist who doesn't mind talking about sex and actually is there, I, I think they're the enlightened ones because they realize that all relationships, all intimate relationships have a component of sexual health and they're comfortable addressing that. So it's, it's incredibly important. So ASECT, um, A-A-S-E-C-T is the American uh, Association for Certified Sex Therapists. I think that's what it stands for. Sorry, I don't have my my Google brain up right now. Um, go on there, type in your zip code, and you can find an ASEC certified sex therapist, which is basically the most rigorous training. These people have done a, a massive amount of education, um, training oversight. They have to be kind of sponsored or have somebody who's closely watching the work that they're doing. So the good thing is really, really highly trained. The, the well, not good thing is that there's not a lot of them. So I'm in the Pacific Northwest, and it, even in Seattle, there's like a handful. I think in Tacoma, there's one. Um, I'm really lucky up in Bellingham. The, our county has 250,000 people. We currently have three ASEC certified sex therapists, and we're working on our fourth. And I'm friends with all of them, which is super cool. <laughs> so <laughs> they're amazing people. So sex therapists, whether you're a provider, a doctor helping people with sex, uh, sex issues, know who your sex therapists are in town. Um, because they are so valuable in treating desire disorders, arousal disorders, orgasmic disorders, um, dealing with pain in a relationship, and dealing with uh, loss of intimacy because of a health uh, concern, cancer. They're good for all of these topics, so they're amazing. The other people to know in your town are your pelvic floor physical therapists. So I'm incredibly picky um, in my town. I've had to have met them. I need to know that they only 
work in the pelvis. I don't, don't, I don't want any of my patients to Google a freaking shoulder expert and then talk to them about pain in their pelvis where they're probably just going to get a bunch of Kegel exercises. So the physical therapist specifically pelvic floor, um, Herman and Wallace. So same thing with ASEC for sex therapists. If you go to hermanandwallace.com, it's a national organization that does really rigorous uh, and great pelvic health training. Um, so you can go to, so you can go there and say, find a therapist, type in your zip code, see who, uh, who's been to the Herman and Wallace uh, teachings. And that's very useful. Um, so the next section I'm talking about sexual dysfunction is books. Lots of good books, and some people love reading books. Some people don't love reading books, but I give a lot of my women kind of reading assignments because it's nice that they hear it from from not just me. And if you can read about it, it's incredibly normalizing. Um, she Comes First by Ian Kerner. It's great about uh, female, female orgasms. Mating in Captivity. If you have not gone online and listened to Dr. Esther Perel, First of all, she has a Belgian accent, which is just gorgeous, and she's just, just such a classy lady. So she is a uh, psychotherapist that works a lot with couples and has done a lot of social media work about relationships and sex and intimacy and kind of the struggle of how do you have desire in a relationship that is known, is common, is long-lasting, because desire comes from the unknown. Desire comes from not being comfortable, um, and how do you build that? Number one of the top top uh, ways that couples say they have desire for each other or when they have desire for each other is two things. Number one, when they see their partner doing something they're very good at. So if you watch your partner being an excellent parent or you watch your partner cooking or playing an instrument or playing a sport or something that they're really, really passionate and good at usually sparks desire in that person. Uh, also kind of tied into watching them do something they're good at around other people. So then you're like, oh, there are other people noticing that this person's desirable. Um, so that's one way to rekindle desire. And the other thing is space. So who hasn't desired their partner more when they've come back from being away from them? So sometimes just having space between you two can rekindle that desire of, I haven't seen this person in a while. Where have they been? What's, you know, oh, they're looking. I haven't looked at them in a, in a couple of days. So that can rekindle desire. So desire takes work. You can't just have desire in a long-term relationship. Dr. Esther Perel, Mating in Captivity, great book about desire in long-term relationships. Um, Sherry Winston, Anatomy of Arousal. Dr. Emily Nagoski, Come As You Are, Dr. Lori Mintz, Becoming Cliterate, and Dr. Andrew Goldstein, When Sex Hurts. He's a gynecologist on the East Coast who has done so much research and teaching in female sexual dysfunction. He's a guru. Um, so he has a lot, of, a lot of papers he's written and research he's done. He has a clinic in D.C. and New York for anybody on the East Coast who wants to see uh, a gynecologist expert in female sexual uh, pelvic health and sexual dysfunction. Um, and then apps and websites. So meetrosie.com is started by a gynecologist in Texas, and it's incredibly professional and well done talking about low sexual desire in women. Um, great. So that's an app, which is a great app. If, uh, if you haven't checked that out, check that one out. It's a great thing to refer your patients to. And then there's a website called OMGYES, literally OMGYES.com that has a lot of research-based video tutorials for, um, for pleasure and orgasm. And it is very science-based, and it has a lot of women, kind of you know, regular women being videotaped, talking about what turns them on and what helps them achieve pleasure. Great resource for people, because 
as much as we want to help women with sexual dysfunction, I'm not going to tell you how you should please yourself. It's different for everybody. And the last thing I want is somebody thinking about me when they're <laughs> like, I don't even want to go there. So OMG, yes, is a really, really nice thing. And they break it down super scientifically too. So they're like, 27% of women find that this touch is pleasurable. 63% of women find that this touch is pleasurable. So they kind of break it down as far as their science goes and to be like, there's not one thing for everybody. Um, but what we do know is that penis and vagina sex for the majority of women is not enough for sexual satisfaction and orgasm. So that's apps and websites. And then there's the, the laser vaginal therapy. So the two, there's, uh, Mona Lisa and then the Diva and they're CO2 lasers and hybrid fractional lasers um, and you can customize them and what it does is it resurfaces the vaginal wall and vulva by replacing it with new and healthy tissue um, and it helps heal and build collagen in the layers of the tissues. Couple of minute procedure usually spaced four to six weeks apart and it's great for postmenopausal dryness tightening because it brings in more collagen um, really helps with you know pain with touch there is not a lot of specific scientific research on the lasers but lasers for skin resurfacing have been around for a very long time just think of scar removal tattoo removal sun damage um, all the things that we use lasers to improve skin conditioning they basically said well let's move it downstairs try it on the vulva and the vagina and a lot of women know I have a lot of women who really really liked what their laser did to the improvement of their skin. Um, and the, it really softens up the, the vulva and the vagina so that they, they are less sensitive to touch in a good way, meaning they're not as tender. The thing I don't like about the laser is if it's sold by somebody who's not going to help a woman with sexual dysfunction in general, because again, going back to my three-legged stool of sexual dysfunction, you need skin, hormones, muscles, physical therapy, that's way more than three legs. My three legs is the urologist, physical therapist, and then sex therapist. <laughs> okay, there's my three legs. But point being, you need somebody who can assess the hormones, the skin tissue, the muscles, the relationship, you know, the risk factors, the side effects of medications. And if you have somebody just trying to sell a laser to a woman as a wand, magic wand for her sex life, she's not going to get as much success as if she has somebody who can kind of assess all the pieces and say, well, I think the vaginal laser would really help you with this component, but it's not going to help you with your tender transverse perineum muscles. It's not going to help you with the infidelity that you experienced with your spouse. It's not going to help you with the decreased orgasm because of the SSRI antidepressant that you're on. So having somebody, having the laser, the laser is great for what it's good for, but it is not a magic wand that's gonna help with every single piece of sexual dysfunction. So there's my, it's great but, <laughs> um, comment about laser vaginal therapy. And, that, and that's coming from experience of seeing women who've gotten the laser therapy at you know, aesthetic medicine places uh, that have come to see me afterwards because it didn't meet their goals. Uh, and then also me providing the laser for many, many women and, and learning, you know, what it's really good for and who who is going to, if you don't have the right expectations for it, you're bound to get disappointed by it again because it's just not a magical wand. So that is my very brief overview of just page two of my What is Sexual Dysfunction handout that I give all my women when they come to see me in clinic. Um, please feel free to leave your comments, uh, share this with anybody you think might see patients with uh, female sexual dysfunction or might have some issues that, that they might want some good accurate science uh, opinions on. I hope you find this beneficial. 
I'd love it if you gave me a five-star review if you loved this and uh, you believe that good science-based, evidence-based uh, medicine is worth putting out there. I really appreciate you sharing this with others. So thanks for listening and have a good day.